Mover Nation, what's going on? So I'm sitting here in my software and I decided yesterday after I wrapped the Wednesday wrap, I was like, let me get ahead of the game and post uh, a bunch of lives that are upcoming here on the YouTube channel and let me create all of those sessions. So they're all created in advance. So of course I go on and I log on to the software so I can do our Thursday thoughts like we always do. Uh, I jump into the Thursday thoughts and I'm sitting here and I'm looking at the side. I'm like, is anybody like are people not coming? And I don't know, I'm, I'm chatting away and um, I, uh, I realize that I was in a Thursday thoughts two weeks from now in the session by myself, talking away, chatting away, doing my thing. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? Really? What is going on? Oh my goodness. It has been an absolute interesting day. Hey, look, I got my hair done. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We're also going to talk about my parking, uh, my parking garage adventure this morning, which was um, interesting and how that sort of dovetails into something that I was reading yesterday on Apple News. And um, maybe we'll even discuss a little bit of this Coburger thing, because I totally missed that yesterday. And uh, obviously, there was a presidential debate last night. We're not going to get into that. But uh, uh, and uh, yeah, then this missed this this plane that went down in Russia. I mean, just just a lot of craziness going on in the world. But first, before we get into it, I'm Collier Landry. This is Moving Past Trauma Live, the Thursday thoughts for August 24th, 2023. Let's get into it. Testimony continued today in the most notorious criminal trial. In when I was 12 years old, my testimony sent my father to prison for murdering my mother. This podcast serves as a type of therapy and reconciliation for myself. And it is my hope that it helps anyone who has experienced deception, betrayal, and dark trauma. I'm Collier Landry, and this is Moving Past Trauma. I mean, can you really think of anything more goofy than me sitting here right now, talking to myself, going, where is everyone? Nobody likes me. Yeah, it's been an interesting day. So I got my hair done. As you can see, my hair is dark. Now, I discuss this with Tara a lot. And with many people, and I think you guys notice like on social media, when I will post a video and somebody says, I don't like your hair. Why do you do your hair like that? Why is your hair blonde? And this isn't just people who see me on social media. This is my friends. So I think I, I shared probably, I don't know. I shared a few, well, like a couple months ago, uh, I was at dinner with very good friends of mine and my dear friend, John, who I've known for almost two decades, right? 15 years easily. And he's, he's sitting there and he's talking to me and he says, you know, Collier, um, and he, John likes to give, and I've got to have John as a guest on the show because he's just absolutely hilarious. But he says to me, and he was my co-executive producer of A Murder in Mansfield, and uh, he did the film American History X. He did Havoc with Barbara Koppel, um, uh, with, uh, which was Channing Tatum's first film, and uh, Anne Hathaway and Freddie Rodriguez and Joseph Gordon-Levitt was in it and a, b a bunch of people, Channing Tatum, obviously, um, and Barbara Koppel directed it. And so uh, he, he and I go way back, but, but, he, and he, but he likes to, he, I love him today dearly, but he, he definitely uh, likes to give his opinion and, and feels that his opinion has a lot of, carries a lot of gravitas with it. So we're sitting at dinner and he says to me, he goes, Unprovoked, by the way, mind you. You know, Collier, you know, have you ever considered 
your hair. And I said, well, actually, John, this is something that comes up a lot because a lot of people say to me, why is my hair blonde? Why do you dye your hair blonde? And I continually said, it is from the sun. And I used to, uh, up until about a month, about five weeks ago, I was swimming every day in the chlorine pool at my gym, right? At, at another gym I belong to. And uh, which I specifically joined just to, just to have the, uh, the pool, access to the pool, right? So, so we're sitting there, we're having this conversation and he goes, you know, you should consider dyeing your hair. You know, you should, you, you should consider going back to your natural color. And I said, well, what is that, John? And he goes, well, the brown. Like, you know, when we were, when you did your TED talk and you had that really dark brown hair and, you know, which is your natural color. And I said, John, I've dyed my hair for ever since I've moved to Los Angeles. And it all started out because I was modeling at the time and I was modeling for a, uh, a clothing brand, uh, obviously as one does. And we were going to what's called the magic show in Las Vegas and in uh, Las Vegas, so the magic show is a textile uh, show. It's not it's not magic like Hocus Pocus, wrap it out of a hat. None of that. It is uh, literally uh, textiles, a trade show for uh, clothing designers. And not like, I mean, there are huge brands there, but it's more for like the designers that, you know, a lot of people don't, may, you may or may not know, but a lot of brands that you see in uh, places like Nordstrom's or Macy's or um, uh, Saks Fifth Avenue, have private label or off-label brands that are designed by actual designers that are from larger production houses that do side work that side that, that do work for off-label brands um uh that is their own personal designs and they also moonlight for larger designers as well this happens this is a known thing in the fashion industry so they they have their own labels and and i'm fortunate enough to live in los angeles which is not exactly the it's becoming more of a fashion capital in the world, but it was typically not. Usually that's New York, Paris, Milan, et cetera, right? But if you go down to the famous, world-famous Los Angeles Mart and, um, and Santee Alley, which is where you will find all of these like very like high-end designer-looking stuff for very inexpensive because they're all designed before they get the tag put on them. Now, it's not everything. It's, we're not talking about like Louis Vuitton or things, but things like Zara and private label private label designers will make their own stuff. And it's the same people that are making these brands that you go in and you see it like Zara or H and M or, which is not high fashion, obviously, but Saks Fifth Avenue, Nordstrom says brands, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know where I was going with that. So I was modeling for a comp for a company and we were in Las Vegas and they wanted me to, they literally, uh, before we left, they said, we need you to dye your hair. And I said, why is that? And my hair was lighter, uh, lighter Brown because I spent a lot of time in the sun and it gets light because it's brown and I'm a brunette. So he says, he goes, well, we're doing a line called Latin Lover and you need to, and you need to look Latin and you need, you should dye your hair at that time black. And I was like, okay, sure. And he's like, go get the box. <laughs> I was like, I can't afford to get my hair done. You know, it was like at the time I thought it was very, very expensive. And he says, uh, he's like, just go get a box and just dye it. So I have been dyeing my hair dark for a very long time. So my friend John is, is weighing in and pontificating as he likes to do. And saying, well, you should consider doing this. And I, I hit him with, I said, you know, I've dyed my hair ever since I've been in Los Angeles. So now for 20 some years, I've been dying. I was dying my hair up until I decided to let it go lighter and dye it lighter because I, uh, it wasn't representative of who I was. I, I don't have dark, dark, dark hair. And he, 
And he didn't believe me. So this last time I went and got my hair done and I dyed it dark for my friend. I went and got hair dye and did it myself, which was an absolute disaster. But, uh, it, um, uh, I dyed it. And as I walked into the salon today, and as you noticed from yesterday, I walked in the salon today and my friend who's my hairdresser, he says, whoa, man. And his name is Eduardo. And so he says in his Latin accent, whoa, man, look at your hair. It's blonde. What the hell? And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I have told everyone this, that when I go out, I spend, because uh, I, I belonged to, I joined this new gym. So now I'm really out in, in at least two hours a day in the direct sunlight because the workout area where I work out is all outside at the beach and it's very, very cool and fun. So I'm outside. So my hair naturally gets blonder. So now it is darker, but we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> so that is my whole story. And I was in such a frenzy because I was parking and we released a new episode of Survivor Squad today on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from, shameless plug. And I'm going to, I leave later on tonight to go to Austin, Texas um, for uh, True Crime and Paranormal Podcast Festival, which I'm going with um, Tara Newell, my partner and co-host in Survivor Squad. And we are... Um, we're going there and so i'm getting a bunch of stuff ready for the for the show right which includes like this giant you know booth stand thing where it's like a little pop-up banner it's it's nothing really it fits in the suitcase uh which i had to have made and stickers with marisol on them i have marisol the flying chihuahua stickers which are coming and then our survivor squad stickers so and we have t-shirts and things like that and uh so i was very flustered and i had put an episode out and i got very ambitious very late last night as i often do and I said, I don't, I want to create a really good social media video for this, but I don't like the intro to the show. Let me just edit this really fast. Let me fix something, fix something. So I did some stuff in the editing software and I basically fixed this thing and made this social media post and just went on with my day, put the podcast out. Tara calls me very frantically or messages me and says, there's issues. And I, I'm like, I'm like, what? She's like, people are saying that the episode is, there's big pa pauses and gaps and, and there's crossovers. And I've done this once before, mind you. And I was like, oh man. And she had unfortunately hit me up like three, you know, 30 minutes too late, because if I could have grabbed my laptop, I could have done it at the salon, but so I had to rework the episode, but basically everything shifted and we were all talking over each other. It was just a mess. It was just. So I had to fix that. So I was in a hurry and I parked into the corner of the parking garage in a spot. And I didn't think that anyone would, this is the moral of the story, by the way. I didn't think that anyone would, uh, you know, park next to me because there wasn't a lot of space next to me. And I thought nobody's going to park me in, right? Famous last words. Uh, so as my mother would say, uh, so I go, uh, I go and I get my hair done. I'm talking to Eduardo and, you know, oh, you're really blonde. Well, I was like, just make it a little darker, man. So it lasts a little longer. So it doesn't get so bleached out blonde and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So he, uh, we do the whole thing. And I, I realized I was so frazzled. I forgot my parking ticket to get it validated. And it's a million dollars to park in this parking structure. So I need to do that. And I'm like, I got to get home and do that. I got to get home and do the redo the edit really fast for the podcast. But I'm, very calm because I've been taking my CBD and I'm very, you know, I'm not too over the top frazzled, but I get to my car and I look and there's a car, Mercedes, that is literally, I do not drive a Mercedes. I have a truck. 
uh, pickup truck and, uh, like every dude does in California. Um, and I, they've parked me in to the spot. And, you know, of course it's one of those moments when you look around the parking garage and you're saying to yourself, there are 30, 40 open spots. Why this spot? It's not a reserve spot. There's no placard that says this is my spot. And I, um, and of course, like I need to get out of this parking garage and I had to shimmy my way out of this parking spot. You know how they say like three point turn. This was like a 300 point turn, I move up an inch, move back an inch. And thank God for rear view cameras. Right. Because, um, you know, there was a, there's a giant concrete pillar behind me because the way that they had parked their car is I could not turn the nose of my car to actually get out of the spot, you know, so you can back up and then you slowly turn as you, as a normal person does when they get out of the parking garage, right? Uh, the parking spot. So you kind of do like one of these, you're turning, okay, boom. And you just get out of your park. I couldn't do that because they had parked so close to me to get into this one spot when there's 30 or 40 other spots around. I was just, I, I couldn't believe it. And I had one of those moments where I was, I, angry is probably a really strong word. Uh, yeah, no, I was angry. I was annoyed. I was very, I was vexed. I was vexed by what happened. And I was saying to myself, I really, and I, my, my pickup truck is, uh, uh, you know, it's a, it, it was a work truck as far as like when I, I do film shoots, I've let people drive it on film sets. And of course, when you let people who are in production drive your truck, or move it to make way for another truck to pull in with gear. It has like dings and dents and scratches on it. It is not, in, it, it, it looks like it's nice, but like there's scratches all over the bumper and I just really don't care. I can't be bothered to like get it, pay the an exorbitant amount of money to have it repainted, right? I don't really care that much. It's nice inside, it drives, it's safe. It, it I can throw all the stuff I want to, my mountain bikes, the surfboard, whatever it was in the back. I love it, it's great. Very lucky to have a functional vehicle. But uh, the bumper is very scoffed. And I thought to myself, here's this nice Mercedes. And I thought, what if I just grape the bumper, just, just bumped into it and just like, I didn't care, right? And then I thought about it because I had that moment of like how satisfying that would make me feel. And then about, about you know, three seconds later, I realized like, that's just like piss and vinegar, if you will pissing poison like what does that do that does nothing you know that's sort of a that's a dick move really and and i started thinking about like that's a real dick move like don't like don't do that call you and i was like i can't really do that i wouldn't be able to live with myself if i did that like i'm sure you know uh, i just couldn't do that i remember years ago i hit a car a car in a parking garage and i couldn't leave a note and i felt terrible i, I mean i bumped it i didn't hit it you know but like scuffed it but um i just remember like you know trying to get a hold of the person and I felt so bad about it. It was like, I would feel really bad if I intentionally hit this person's car to prove a point or keyed it or done something. Then I thought about it and I was like, that is something my father would have done. My father would have, I mean, I remember seeing this as a child. My father would get out and like kick another car. I remember he keyed another car. Uh, you know, if it parked too close to me, get angry. I remember he kicked a door in, like, you know, the side of the door, like kicked it in one time in a parking garage. In a mall, I think we were at like Beachwood Mall or something in in Beachwood, Ohio, 
just crazy stuff. And I thought, that is not the type of behavior that I want to emulate at all. But I just, I, I really questioned the strategy. So I did this like 300 point turn to get out of this parking spot. And uh, I finally got out, but I mean, it was like inch, 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 inch back and forth, but it was really annoying. And I had places to go, people to see, things to do. I had to get this podcast episode out. I'm stressing about it. I'm stressing about the live today, all this stuff. I got a pack. I got this. I got Marisol. She is back in the house. She is downstairs in her little playpen, um, snuggling with her little pig or, or uh, some of her toys are being washed. So she doesn't have all her toys yet, but uh, she is back in the fold. We had a nice little playtime. She's, she's in her biting phase, by the way. And for those of you that have puppies, so she's almost, I guess she's almost 10 months now. So close to a year and she's in this like angsty teenager phase and she's a biter and she was biting before, but she was biting because she was teething. Now I think she's biting because she's just like <laughs> angsty teenager. Uh, so everything every time we play, it's like a biting session. Um, it's, it's, it's very cute, but it's probably not a good thing to encourage <laughs> with a dog. And while I'm gone, I have neighbors that are staying here. And, uh, they have a, they have a, uh, you know, an eight, like an eight year old and she's very excited about the dog, but I have to like place this morning, like she will bite, but not like a malicious bite. It's like a play bite, but you know, just be careful, uh, you know, whatever it's a thing. Uh, so I had to get back here, but I just thought of this person, like, what are the people doing? And then I remembered this article and I'm going to read it to y'all. We're going to go through it because I was just absolutely, I was just grabbed by the headlines and you know, like you, for those of you that have iPhones, we have Apple news on the iPhone and it's great. You know, I pay for it. It's part of the Apple plus subscription or whatever the hell I pay for. And, uh, it's great. You get your news. It, it, they even have like little podcasts and stories on there, it, it, audio versions of it, which is, you know, for the, for those of us that like the cliff notes on things that are always busy, I like to like listen to it in the thing on the side. So, uh, there was an article and the headline just grabbed me yesterday. And I thought, how apropos to the situation today. The headline, this is from Vox, and this came out on Tuesday. The headline is, people forgot how to act in public. Why concertgoers keep throwing things at celebrities and no one can shut up at the movies. And so we have Pink here. And I love her outfit, by the way. Absolutely fabulous. I've never met her, uh, but she seems very cool. I like some of her music. Um, Glitter in the air. That's like the ultimate sad, like breakup song, like, oh, glitter in the, I don't know. It's terrible. I'm probably t exposing way too much of my personal life in that. <laughs> it's one of the songs I played when I broke up with a girl many years ago. Uh, uh. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. But here's the most disturbing thing. So I see this article. I see Pink. The line, the caption underneath the photo, which says, Pink performing on stage at in London where a fan handed her their mother's ashes. Excuse me? No wonder the headline is what it is. And then it follows up with right underneath here. It says, the first line of the article, 
Some people shouldn't be out in public right now. Now, I cannot agree more. Now, I recently went to see the Barbie movie about a month ago. Tara and I went to see it. Uh, and honestly, I loved it. And, um, uh, you know, political undertones, overtones, whatever you want to call it. It's made a lot of money, over a billion dollars. It was really, really well done. Uh, I'm a filmmaker. I've worked in this industry for a long time. Production value, production design. Forget, like, whatever, you know, whatever leaning. You, oh, it's too whatever you think it is. I, Enjoy it for the movie that it is. It was really great. It was visually stunning. It was well acted. It was fun. I had a good time with the movies. Huge hit. Fantastic. Predominantly female cast about a female. Uh, you know, it, it was great. I'm, I, I was into it. But when I go to the movies, so I had ordered, uh, I had bought our seats online. And this one theater that we were going to has um, recliner seats, which was like really awesome. And I have not, honestly, I used to be an, a very avid moviegoer prior to the pandemic. And I realized going to that movie and bu even buying the tickets that like, I haven't really been going to the movies like I used to. I used to go like all the time. And I love, because I love going to the movies. And we walk into the theater. And again, these are these recliner seats, which are like amazing. And they, you know, it's the whole thing, right? And uh, um, pre-bought tickets, we go to our seats. And um, so Tara has her seat, I have my seat. And there's someone in my seat and there's a seat next to that, that is empty. And it's a woman. And, uh, I said to her, I said, oh, I you know, look at my ticket. I said, I think you're, you know, very kindly. Uh, I said, I, I think you're in my seat. And she replies, I am. And I said, oh, okay. And she goes, but my seat's broken. So I want, I want to sit here. Now, being the courteous individual that I am, I didn't make a scene about it, but I thought, okay, your seat is broken or you could, and mind you, there were other seats that were available in the theater because when I had purchased the tickets, they were available. Uh, I had purchased them the day before we went in, you know, we were late to the movie. The movie was already starting or not starting. The previews were already about to start, but pretty much everybody was in the theater. And um, as far as I could tell. And there were other seats and I, and I thought to myself like, okay, so because your seat did not work, instead of you going and getting another seat, you chose to take my seat, which was right next to your seat. And, and instead of being like, oh, you know, Hey, um, I, you know, I, I'll, I'll move. I'm so sorry. Yeah. This seat was broken. I'll go handle it with the people. She just refused to move. So I was like, okay. This is interesting. And Tara's looking at me like, what do you, like, she doesn't know what to do. And she's nice like I am. We're with empaths. So it's not like I'm, you know, I feel bad for the woman. I'm like, does that mean I'm going to go sit? Because I'm thinking to myself, well, there's the, you know, the, they, they have reserved seats for handicapped and, and et cetera. And I thought, well, you know, there are open seats and I, I don't know. So I'm just, I'll go sort it out, I guess. So I went to the concession stand. I had to get our, you know, whatever she wanted, this pretzel, ginormous 18 foot pretzel thing. And, I, uh, uh, um, and I, I say to them, I, I say, oh, there's somebody, uh, you know, the seats are, are broken in the, in the theater. She feels entitled to my seat to begin with it was the whole thing. We got it all sorted out, but I just thought it's really interesting. Really. People don't know how to act in movie theater. So I come back and as I'm walking to the theater, which the movie by this time has already started full on because it took forever to get this, you know, press the size of my, you know, as a, a basketball and all these things. And people are sitting in the movie theater. 
And I don't know when this started because like I said, again, I have not been to the theater in a long time, like a regular theater goer. But they are full on on the phone and some of them are filming and they're doing this thing and they're checking and uh, you're just going through all of this. And I don't know if they're, they're you know checking their social media. I was like, what the hell is wrong with people? So this article, which I find very interesting, movie theaters have become lawless land where some moviegoers have no reservations about using their phone after films have started, which is exactly what I witnessed. Sometimes it's not just a glance at the time, but a full-on social media scrolls and posting. In New York City, Broadway audiences are drunk, rowdy, and apparently leaving feces in the aisles of theaters. This summer at various concerts, Albanian pop star Bebe Reshka, Reshka, Reska, Reska, Reshka, she did some song with Florida, Georgia County line, something like that, was, was beamed in the face Fellow pop princess Ava Max was slapped by a stage rusher. Aerial enthusiast Pink was handed someone's mother's ashes. Fans interrupted country singer Miranda Lambert's intimate show with an impromptu photo shoot and a fan threw water on rapper Cardi B. Cardi responded by chucking her microphone at, the, at, her, at her water flinger. Good for you, Cardi B. And by the way, I also saw recently, I'm a big John Mayer fan, and I watch his stuff on YouTube. And John Mayer had an instance where a fan was asking him to play something. I can't remember what he was asking him to play. Shoot. It wasn't one of his songs. It was another person's song. And he's like, okay, cool. I've never played this song. I'll just go ahead and play it. And the person was into it. And the person was filming it on their phone. This is John Mayer, who legit is like, you know, he's, he's from my generation. He's one of the best guitarists of all time. And the guy is literally filming it and he's got on his phone. And as soon as he's done, he puts his phone down and he starts talking to his friend. And John Mayer, who's playing this song that this guy has requested, literally just looks at him and goes, oh, so you're done with your, you're done with your social media, your live posts. So we're, so we're good. You did your IG story now. So I can, uh, so now you'll tune out. Literally calls the dude out. It is absolutely amazing. I'm like, I know that's why I love you, John Mayer. Uh, just literally calls the guy out uh, who literally just wanted to make a social media video and get him to play the song, which was just like, like at least have some, I don't know what has happened. And look, I went to school for like, first of all, if, if, if I did this and my mother was there, my mother would literally smack the living daylights out of me. Would I, I would have a black eye. She would be so angry because she was somebody that took me to the theaters uh, as a child. I used to go see orchestras, the, the Cleveland Symphony Orchestra, the Columbus Symphony Orchestra. I would go see, um, you know, plays and things like that. And I was told, you need to pay attention. Performers are performing, et cetera, et cetera. Movies, all that stuff. Uh, she would literally smack the sense out of me. Uh, and rightfully so. But... Um, <laughs> This is just this is just mind-boggling to me that people behave like this. Large-scale in-person events are down bad. According to experts I spoke to, this rash of bad behavior can probably tr be traced to the pandemic shutdowns of 2020. During the lockdowns, we didn't have large-scale social events, and no doubt, some people have sort of forgotten how to act now that they're back. <laughs> but there's also something deeper here reflected in our protectiveness over these spaces and what they mean to us. Interesting. 
Mover Nation, you guys all know how I lead a really busy life, right? And I know we could all use a little more relaxation. Now, whether you're trying to chill out or just need a good night's rest, Next Evo's CBD will be your best friend. But, and this is big, not all CBD products are created equal. Shockingly, a study found that many CBD brands contain as little as 60% of what their labels promise. I've been trying out Next Evo Naturals and Movers. It's the real deal. And their commitment? Well, it's giving you exactly what's on the label. Remember, they've undergone four clinical trials, a feat unmatched by any other brand of CBD. Now, I personally adore their Stress CBD Complex Gummies. When I'm feeling anxious or overwhelmed, they are a total game changer. And those nights when sleep is all too elusive for me, the triple action CBD sleep does absolute wonders. Leave summer stress behind and upgrade your CBD. Go to nextevo.com forward slash MPT to get 25% off plus a free bottle of premium pure CBD, a $50 value limit one use per customer. That's N E X T E V O.com slash MPT. Going to an in-person entertainment event is about more than just the movie, play, or pop star on display. These events are times when we experience important social connections, a phenomenon that happens so naturally that we don't think about what these events mean to us until someone really screws them up. So on that note, like I think about this live podcast that I do right here on YouTube every Wednesday, Thursday, 3 p.m., Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, you guys all know. And I think about sometimes, uh, you know, uh, you guys showing up here and, oh, are you, you know, I really hope um, uh, you guys enjoy what I have to say or you think it's entertaining or you think you're interested in it or interesting. And then I look over sometimes at the, com at the, uh, at the comments in uh, here and I just notice that like here we're talking about Reading and the Civic Auditorium. And there's you guys are you guys are having these really cool conversations. And a lot of times I, I know that uh on the outskirts was having some trouble the other last week was stranded in Denver and had to drive. And you guys were reaching. I I notice these things in the comments. And sometimes I can't read them because I don't blow them up and I can't read them without my glasses. And I don't want to wear my glasses sometimes. And uh, you know, because they're just reading glasses, but I can read everything now. But uh, you know, to me, I just kind of I, I realize as a, um, a performer, if you will, in front of the camera in this live, that it is bigger than me, that it is actually about the experience that y'all are having and are enjoying together. And that's a really cool thing. And I think any performer, and look, I was a performer for me. Well, I still am a performer. What am I saying? Uh, it is all about the experience that you guys have and you, and how you guys relate to one another. And it's something that's really, really cool. And it's, it sucks. <laughs> When, and I was at a show recently, I was, uh, Tara, and I, Tara and I went to see um, our friends with uh, True Crime Obsessed podcast. Uh, and we're going to be at Obsessed Fest in October this year, the end of October. And uh, we went to this show and I remember, and like, look, they have an open, like they're not open bar, but there was a bar there and people were drinking and I'm somebody who doesn't drink and, uh, anymore. And so, uh, you know, I find, I find drunk people annoying a lot of times. Just, unfortunately. <laughs> Just like... And I'm like, oh God. And then it's just like, you cringe. You're like, I hope I wasn't that guy, but I probably was. Ugh, oh. Or, oh God, that hangover in the morning is really going to suck. So I remember those things. 
but they were just kind of being obnoxious. And look, like that's a space where people can kind of get rowdy, like they encourage it. But even a little bit, I was like a little annoyed with like people putting their feet up on the chair behind me and like just not 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 adhering to like personal space and you know, and alcohol plays a part of this. So it's a little like I'm like growly. But, you know, I so I noticed it in this show of like, oh yeah, this is a lot. And and it was funny because uh uh, I was at another um, uh, TCO event earlier in the year and somebody had um, approached me and they came, they were at this show too. And they apologized to me for being um, obnoxiously drunk the last time that they saw me and they couldn't string two sentences together or something. I was like, ah, no, it's all good. I'm like, this is why I don't drink anymore because cringing about those things you, you do and the uh, the horse's ass you sometimes make of yourself is uh, you know not like not like a really fun fun thing. Um, I'm gonna go to my phone really fast. I'm gonna bump up this light because I can notice that this is getting dark. This is one of the wonderful things, by the way, about technology, which has changed so much in the last God knows how long. Uh, because I've been a filmmaker for a really long time, but now everything runs on Bluetooth and you can control it on your phone, and it's just like the it is literally. I will never be, uh, I will never be, um, I will never get over how amazing this is because I just remember you, you'd have to like send somebody over with the light or whatever, but look how much brighter it is. I just love this. This is just an all right from the app on the phone. It's pretty, pretty freaking wild. Um, but anyways, back to the article, which is, you know, this is the, these are the Thursday thoughts. This is the stuff I think about on like an almost daily basis. I think it's kind of fun. I don't know about you guys, uh, but yeah, really, really fun. Oh, by the way, I hear that pumpkin spice lattes, the PSL, is now back at Starbucks for the upcoming fall season, which uh, I think a lot of you are probably very excited about. I know a lot of my friends are very excited about the PSL pumpkin spice latte. For me, I mourn those because, first of all, like, I'm no, I'm not drinking, you know, 75 grams of sugar and, you know, 550 calories or whatever it is. And second, like, it's might as well eat like a piece of pumpkin pie, which probably is way better anyways. But, um, I mourn it because that means like fall is coming and I'm a summer person, uh, which is why I live in California because I like sunshine and beaches and not fall cold weather, but, uh, we'll see what happens this, this fall. But I was like, oh, I was bummed too early. It should be after Labor Day. Yes, I agree. That is my point. It is August the 24th. Why is the pumpkin spice latte out now? And I realized, and I knew it was coming because I have Nespresso, which is what I make, you know, the Nespresso capsules. And they started advertising already their version of the pumpkin spice, which is, doesn't have any sugar or anything. It's just the coffee itself. They started advertising that on the Nespresso emails that I would get like, oh, jump me. They, they call it, you know, it's not pumpkin spice, but it's something, well, maybe it is pumpkin spice. I don't know but they're, they're pumpkin seasoned coffee and, uh, they want you to buy it. And I thought, Oh goodness, here we go. We've got the, the pumpkin spice lattes are coming back. So anyways, they are back. That's how it goes. Um, anyways, back to our article. So, but there's also something deeper here reflected in our protectiveness over these spaces and what they mean to us. Just backtracking a little bit, going to an in-person entertainment event is about more than just the movie play or pop star on display. 
These events are times when we experience important social connections, a phenomenon that happens so naturally that we don't even think about it and about what these events, events even mean to us until someone really screws them up. The, collected, the collective effervescence of live events is something humans crave, whether they know it or not. Now, I think about that, the live events and, and of those things, and it's like, oh, it's like, yeah, when you go to the stadium as a gladiator, right? Or you go to see the chariot races. I mean, that dates way back to the Romans, right? Collective live events are very interesting and a very interesting way for all of us to engage. It might seem obvious why acting out in public is deeply annoying, but it's important to understand how much these large social events mean to humans. When someone makes a scene in public at a group event, we're disturbed in large part because these gatherings are extremely important to our intellectual and emotional selves. Humans are incredibly social creatures, and these events are moments of highly pleasurable social connections. What Shira Gabrielle, a psychology professor at the University of Buffalo, calls collective effervescence. When we buy a ticket to a Broadway musical or Barbie, hey, Barbie, or Carly Rae Jepsen, or Carly Rae Jepsen show, we're purchasing the performance, but we're also buying that eclectic, electric feeling of, of a crowd of humans appreciating the same thing. When we're all focused on a concert movie or, uh, or a concert or a play or a movie, we feel a sense of social connection and it makes us feel really good. Collective effervescence is the way we feel connected when we're in a crowd of other people, even if we don't know them. When we're all focused on a concert or a play or a movie, we feel a sense of social connection and it makes us feel really good. As I just said, so now I'm repeating it. <laughs> it was a byline. It was in the, it was in the article. Uh, says Gabrielle, who studies social behavior, told Vox. Gabrielle explained, that the strength or weakness of social connections, the relationships we have with friends, romantic partners, acquaintances, and family are one of the greatest predictions of depression and uh, predictors of depression, anxiety, um, unaliving, and when it comes to our mental health and wellness, when it comes to physical health too. I would completely agree with that. And I'll give you one, um, one absolute complete Totality? I don't know. What am I, what am I saying here? Uh, I'll give you an example. So I, as I said before, when I was talking about um, my hair. So I, for a long time, for the last, since October of 2020, 2021, 20, we're in 2023, right? October of 2021 is when I joined this particular gym. Uh, when I, I moved to Santa Monica, I was here for a year. I was swimming in the ocean a lot. I was going to a pool over by the college, but it's like you kept having the, with like COVID. It was just like too much to like, you have to like book your days, like four days in advance and your times. I can't think, you know, four hours ahead of now, let alone, you know, four days. I mean, really when I'm, when I'm planning a swim, I can plan a trip. Sure. But I can't plan like, Oh, I want to go swimming, you know? So I, uh, I joined uh, a gym that has a pool and there's not a lot of gyms in Los Angeles County that have like pools attached to them, but it has a pool. I was super excited. I would swim almost like almost every day and I love to swim, but there was something that started to really uh, hit me and, and started to affect me. And I started looking at myself and my physicality and I was like, you know, and I had gained, I had gained weight the end of last year. Uh, I don't know why I'm crossing my arms. I just am. Uh, we'll just go with it. Um, I, uh, I, 
I start, I gained I, when my my chihuahua blondie who I had for almost eighteen years had passed away. The end of uh, the the end of October last year. I had um, I gained some weight, and uh, even though I was still swimming, but I just was like not. I was just not really like motivated to, to, I was sad and I was eating a lot and a lot of sugar and stuff. And of course that just, you know, when you get into your forties, your, uh, your metabolism, especially for guys that eat a lot that are big naturally anyways, like I'm a big dude, I'm six foot two, 215 pounds. Like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a pretty big guy you know i'm built like a, i'm you know i'm built like a linebacker what can i say i'm built like a big guy <laughs> like you know um uh you know you don't want to uh you don't want to indulge yourself in like eating like a bunch of cookies and cakes anyways but one of the things that i realized that was affecting my sort of like you know not going to not wanting to go to the gym or not wanting to go to, to swim like i wasn't as motivated because it was in a sort of depressive state because of her passing and then I, I eventually you know i got out of it and i started you know working out you know going back and swimming every day but i wasn't something wasn't clicking for me and it wasn't until i joined this other gym where i can work outside and look it is i, I belong to gold's gym in venice beach it is where all the big you know it's all bodybuilders there and and you know athletes and you know, you see a lot of famous people there. It's very cool. I'll see Ar Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, probably once a week going in and out of there and other famous people that you would know and influencers, et cetera, et cetera. Like everybody goes there. It's super cool. Why it took me so long to go there because I first went there when I, when I first came to visit LA in 1999, why I didn't go back there when I moved to the West side of Los Angeles is beyond me. But the thing, the point of the story is the thing that I realized was I was missing this social connection this interaction with other people engaging in a physical activity because i joined that gym because a, a dear friend of mine danny he was like you should go you should do it he was doing he i did the rentals for the documentary that they were doing about gold's gym and i was very um i was very uh um you know i was involved in that production sort of from the from the wings right supporting but, um, I, you know, I did some rentals, like I said, and things of that nature. But um, he's always like, you man, you should join, you, should, you know, join. And I realized that like one of the reasons that I wasn't motivated is I wasn't around people that were motivating me. Like you go to a gym like that. And I remember many years ago when I was a fitness model as a younger man uh, and model, I went to, I had gone from a smaller gym, uh, a corporate gym, 24 hour fitness to crunch. And I remember a friend of mine said at the time, oh, you're going to where the competition is. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm in. I'm a fitness model. Like I'm in killer shape and I want to go and be around people that are super fit. And I realized that I was missing that sort of hunger, that competition, because being around people that are obviously when you, and this is true, holds true for many aspects of life, right? You want to, you don't want to be the smart. If you're the smartest person in the room, you got a problem. You know, you're in the wrong room. If you are, a, the, if you're the most fit guy in the gym, you're in the wrong gym. If you're the most talented person on stage or in, in in the in the venue, you're probably in the wrong venue. I mean, there are people that are absolutely ridiculously talented and whatever, but like there are little LeBron Jameses and the Taylor Swifts of the world, absolutely, and the Tony Robbins, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Those are people, you know, obviously the pinnacles of, of the achievement, right? But for the most part, like if you're not around people that are constantly motivating you to be better, you got to be around people that are doing that. 
in life and business, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, not that I'm some business guru because I'm not, but I am somebody who who finds competition and um uh uh and and being around people that are better than me really really motivating, not discouraging. Like I, I like I said, I I have my, I'm friends with Patrick Hines and and Jillian Pensavale. They have True Crime Obsessed. It is a phenomenally successful podcast, dauntingly successful in some of the stuff they're doing and and the and the the not only the commercial success that they found with that podcast over the last six years, but also the the financial rewards, et cetera, et cetera. It is like they're a behemoth, right? And I'm just like, ugh. But I find it really motivating. And I've often found myself, and I don't know, I'm sort of, you know, uh, diverging topics again, but I find that uh, a lot of times in, in my professional career, like as a filmmaker, I would be around other filmmakers that were somehow very threatened by the people that were in our mix. And I remember, uh, I remember specifically it was a filmmaker I worked with for years and we had a, we had a relationship that was a professional relationship and a personal relationship that was sometimes very touch and go. And a lot of it was centered around the fact that this person had issues with other people that had more success than them and felt threatened by it. And then therefore, because they were threatened by it, would um, use that as a point to debase that person, not to their face, of course, but behind their back. And I don't like that. I don't like, unless somebody's a genuine, horrific human being, then yeah, I get it. But don't debase someone or, 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 you know, in the parlance of our times, talk shit about someone because you're jealous of the fact that you're not doing what they're doing. Just what you should do is legit. Try harder, work harder. It is, um, a mindset that is not very positive at all in my, in my opinion. Uh, it's never worked for me. So I'm some, you know, all that to say this, I'm somebody who finds competition very, um, very, very motivating. Like, oh, because I always see it as like, oh, you can do that. Oh, then I can do it too. Like I always see like, oh, you paved the way. All right. You know, and there's certain things that I will never aspire to do in my life. I will never aspire to own a, a multi-billion dollar corporation that, you know, makes microchips. Like I, I, Zero interest in that. I have zero interest in playing the stock market and being a Wall Street person. But I do have tremendous ambitions of being the best person here on YouTube or having the best podcast, at least the best podcast that I can absolutely have. Absolutely being the best person and personality that is out there. That is absolutely, and I see people doing it every day and I'm so inspired and motivated. Hence my decision to go to this gym because I realized that not being around that type of competition or that type of camaraderie, which is developed out of that competition or developed around being around people that you can look up to. And look, I don't want to, I also do not want to be a bodybuilder or anything like that, but I look at those guys and I go, wow. And I know some of them are on, on gear and I go, yeah, they're taking a lot of gear, but it doesn't matter because a lot of people will say, you know, oh, well, they're taking steroids or cheating. I'm not going to get into it, but I have experience with steroids many, many years ago. It is not a shortcut. If anything, it is a way more of a sacrifice and, and it requires way more hard work than anyone acknowledges. So people that, that take things to enhance their athletic performance, it's not like a magic pill that you take it. It's just like everything is no, no, no. It, it requires a tremendous amount of work to get yield any results out of any of those things. Um, uh, because I had many, many friends that were on gear for years and years and years, and it's just, 
you know, some of them did really, really well and some of them did not because they got lazy, but that's neither here nor there. My point is, is that, uh, you know, being, being around in that environment and seeing people that are very, very, uh, you, you, it motivates you. And it's not like, and, and I see some of you saying, well, competitive and compete. It's not, it's not like I have to be better than them. It's an inspiration thing. It's like, oh, you're, you're, you're around people that are really striving very hard at their goals to be the best that they can be, right? And I think that when we are in these social situations and we're around people and we're collectively around others and we're enjoying this and we're all like elevating our consciousness, if you will, like, oh, we're at this performance and oh, we're at this, and oh, we're watching this really talented performance or performer or movie or musical performance, et cetera, et cetera. We're all elevated by it. And then so to have people that come in and sort of drag that down is a massive drag. I got off on a really wild tangent, but I realized that being and having those social connections that lie into like going to the, something as simple as going to the gym and working out and being around people. And it's just like, you know, you guys see, I do posts, I hit the speed bag and I do it like every day and I love it. It's fast hands. And I'm going to get into that one day, how that saved my life. But, uh, you know, there are certain things that like, that's a fun thing. And then somebody comes up and then they start hitting the speed bag. And there are guys that are way better than I am at that way, way faster doing stuff. And I'm just like, yeah, but we're all like having fun and we're engaged in that. And that's like this camaraderie, much like everyone here at the comments, all engaging, all talking about things. And it is, yes, it is a growth mindset. There's my soul. Amazon has clearly arrived at my neighbor's house. <laughs> oh man, that's too funny. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Um, Mary soul is announcing the arrival of the packages. It's she's good. She's pretty mellow now. It's good to have her a little bark back, but I'm leaving in like a few hours, which is kind of a bummer. And my, my neighbors will be staying here to look after her. Um, but I will miss her because she hasn't been here for like a week and, um, you know, but I won't be gone long. Uh, and you can catch me in Austin, Texas. In Austin, Texas, that is apparently the seventh layer of hell because it is 106 degrees in Austin starting tomorrow. I think it's like 104 right now, or maybe it's 97, but it's going to be a hundred and I think, so I arrive tomorrow, leave like late tonight, get in, you know, early, super early morning. It's going to be 106 tomorrow or 105 tomorrow, 106 on Saturday, 105 on Sunday. I mean, it's crazy hot and i can't wait to come back because i have somebody who tells you guys all the time uh how i am a warm weather guy and i really am but that is um that is a whole other level of hot and uh we'll see how i do i'm going to try to get some runs in the morning because every time i travel and every time i go down i've never been to austin before so i'm very excited to check austin out even in the sweltering heat um i uh i will I am uh, very interested to to uh, to run around the city because I think where we're staying is sort of down. Tara was explaining it to me. It's like we're we're she she lived there a long time ago and her family lives there and um uh and where we're staying I guess is close, close to the college I think or the city center downtown or something. But we're in a great place and we're in a great place. I guess where all the bars are and stuff, which 
doesn't bother me at all. I, I want to just run and run around and see everything. So I always try to get, uh, I always try to do two things when I, especially when I travel internationally, which is get a, get a run in wherever I go, because there's nothing like seeing the place that your environment and where you're at in a new place than being on foot. Like when you travel in car, you by car, you miss everything, you know? And as somebody who grew up on the sort of East coast, Ohio's sort of East coast, and my whole family's from Philadelphia, we walk a lot of places car isn't the first choice or we ride a bike. But, um, you know, I always try to see everything on foot because it gives you a whole different perspective than if you're shuttled from one location to the other and you kind of miss all the cool stuff in between. I don't know. That's my perspective. And then I, so I try to do that and I try to get a motorcycle ride in, uh, a motorcycle or scooter or something. Cause also like seeing things on a motorcycle is also like very, very cool when you go to a foreign country. Um, even though Austin is not a foreign country and I will not be riding a motorcycle while I'm there, but, uh, but I'll definitely try to get a run in. I just don't know what, at what time, because, you know, if I went up, if I got up super early, which I do anyways, uh, you know, even at like six o'clock in the morning, I imagine it's going to be in the nineties. Wild. I've packed SPF 70 sunscreen, which I'm sure I'm going to have to lather on myself and the barbecue. Yes barbecue somebody many of you written in the con now my now i'm getting hungry i am so excited to have texas barbecue you have no idea because um i love barbecue a lot a lot and um so i'm very excited about that so i'll be enjoying that as well uh in the sweltering in the sweltering heat um yeah it, it <laughs> I'll let you guys know if I get the run in. I'm sure you guys will find on social media. I will be posting on social media and you will see. I mean, when I admit I land, the gym, gym is open 24 hours because I'll just probably try to go get a workout, which is another thing I try to do is as soon as I land and I got this from listening to Joe Rogan's podcast years ago, but like, it's one of those things like when you travel and to get yourself sort of oriented, you know, you get that exercise in and you can either sort of rest or it, it sort of helps acclimate you to where you're at. I know that sounds ludicrous, but if I get in at like 3 a.m. or whatever, I don't know what time we're getting in, but I'll, I'll try to go to the gym and get a workout in and just sort of that'll return me to homeostasis, if you will, if you will. Um, yeah. So check me out in Austin. So uh, yeah, let's, let's, so finishing up this article, I suppose people will get the message from other folks that their behavior is not okay. Some people will get mocked eventually in person or online. Gabrielle said a deep sigh is always good. Side eye can be really helpful. Or, you know, if someone posts something that is a video uh, filmed during a movie, give them a good nature ribbing about that. I think that people will get the message. Here's hoping that they won't have to open TikTok during a movie or ruin a concert to find it. That's how the article ends. We'll just leave it like that. Um, you can check that article out on Vox. Hey, I want to say thank you to all my channel members, all my channel subscribers, all my Patreon supporters. Thank you all so much. I cannot do this program without you. It is really appreciated. If you wouldn't mind, please click the like and give me a thumbs up if this video is great for you. And please click subscribe and the alert bell to get notified about more videos and podcasts like this. You can check me out on wherever you get your podcasts from. This is Moving Past Trauma. I'm your host, Collier Landry. Thanks, y'all. This podcast is made possible by support from listeners just like you. 
for exclusive content around this podcast, please consider supporting me via Patreon by going to collierlandry.com forward slash support. Please subscribe via Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from, and please leave us a five-star review. If you want to see video episodes of this podcast, please check out my YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash collierlandry. You can find links to additional resources in the show notes of today's episode. This podcast is a production of Don't Touch My Radio. Copyright Collier Landry.